Hi folks, it's Connor, just checking in a little early to give you a good old-fashioned content warning. Today we're going to be discussing a subject that deals with some pretty heavy themes throughout its uh, its runtime. These themes include sexual content and uh, some pretty violent moments. I just don't want any of our sweet, sweet listeners to go in uh, too blind. That said, it's a great episode. We have a brilliant guest on the show today, and Vale and I really hope you enjoy. One, two... The ghosts are calling out of work today. They got way better things to do than work some nine to five. They got no use for living, breathing currency. But we all do because we're still alive. Welcome to the good, the rad, and the spooky, where we talk about the killers, the fillers, and and Killian Murphy. Yeah, we're going to talk about Killian Murphy this time because we, we are also quite a bit. Have a guest uh, with us today, M. Knowlton. Say hi. First guest. Hey. Yeah, we're excited. We're excited. I brought uh, M. I brought you on specifically to talk about Killian Murphy because, as we all know, you are the world's leading expert on Killian Murphy. It is true. So, other than that, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh, boy. I mean, what is there to say, really? Uh, I don't know. You tell me. Jeez. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Yes, I've extensively studied Killian Murphy during the pandemic um, as a coping mechanism, actually. Uh, I uh, currently go to school at UVU studying forensics, uh, but I did meet Vail actually studying theater at BYU. Woo! Before the pandemic. Before the pandemic. Heck Yeah. Which, as far as coping mechanisms go, I'd say that dedicating some time to Killian Murphy is a is a pretty good one. Yeah, I did a lot of studying of uh, Killian Murphy myself in this viewing of uh, twenty eight. Mm, I mean, we haven't given it away just yet. Twenty eight. Uh oh. Little bit of a, the, uh, a peek down. behind the curtain there. Shut but, it um, down. Obviously, we're talking about Inception today. Yeah. Uh, so, I, M. I mean, to be fair, I study him in like all the movies. You did. <laughs> Brilliant. Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, good. I know like nothing about Killian Murphy except. Yeah. Uh, I think he lends his voice to one of those sleep apps. Oh, nice. He does. Yeah. He does the calm app. Yeah, the calm <gasps> app. Yeah, because I he I get him for like YouTube apps, and he's like, I'm Killian Murphy, and it's like, oh, this is so <laughs> charming. Take me to my YouTube video. So, Em, uh, tell us a little bit about your horror baptism. I mean, like, the first piece of horror media that you were introduced to that made you think, like, oh, horror is a neat genre, or just uh, maybe even your first brush with it? Oh, okay. Well, okay. My horror baptism is, like, totally different from the first horror I ever watched. I actually didn't watch my first horror till college um, because my mother was, like, super religious, didn't want it in the house. And it was, like, enough to make me not want to watch another horror movie ever again. Oh, God. Um, it was The Woman in Black. Oh! No way. <laughs> That's so uh. on brand for this podcast. Whoa. It was just, hey. I'd never seen a scary movie before. I actually watched it in um, a college campus, like, um, at the HVAC. Um, oh, sure, yeah. We watched it at the HVAC at night. And a security guard, like, a guy with, like, long shoulder-length hair, he came to the window of the door and he stood there like this and I swear it was like uh, a woman in black. Uh, <laughs> and then he called security because I screamed at him because oh, cool. I was scared. 
he shouldn't have <laughs> stared at you through a window. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I feel like yeah. that should be a pretty good rule of thumb, but you never know with college campuses. Oh, yeah. Man. yeah. Woman in uh, black. Yeah, my horror baptism, though, was actually more recent. Um, I talked to Vale a little bit about this. Um, Sunshine, which also stars Killian Murphy, was like the the movie that made me enjoy horror as a genre. Hmm. Like before that, I had watched horror films before, but like Sunshine was it for me. <laughs> nice. I'm so excited to watch that because yeah, M did tell me a little bit about that, and I basically got to choose between Sunshine and what we're going to talk about today. And uh, I eventually went with what we're going to talk about today only because the way that M presented it, I was like, well, this is a deep <laughs> movie. This is going <laughs> to take me a hot second. And mm. uh, <laughs> and we just got out of talking about tropes. So I'm like, maybe we right. should do something fun. And then it, well. <laughs> it went a little on the Donnie uh, Boyle side it, of it things. It sure did. But... Well, as... Uh, as Danny Boyle is wont to do. <laughs> I mean, so. to be fair, I gave the options were both Danny Boyle. So either yeah, way, oh, that's, you were yeah. kind of, it was always I kind of rubbed you into it. it. Was gonna be, yeah, but you know, I didn't realize it was Danny Boyle until the end credit scene. Anyways, anyways, <laughs> that was on me. That was my bad. So today we're going to do things a little bit differently. We're going to mm. actually let M take control and take us Woo! through this movie. Start us off with uh, a good rad synopsis. And, oh boy. Uh, yeah, and then we'll just have a ball, have a blast. All right. Okay. Wow. I'm really honored to do this because this is my favorite part of your podcast. Yes. <laughs> 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 it makes me laugh every time. Yeah. Like in the middle of the gym. I listen to it at the gym every time. Oh, Woo! yeah. That's exactly <laughs> why we invented this segment is to get people running on the treadmill. So, oh, yeah, anyway. for sure. I, 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 my goal was to get people, you know, to fall off the treadmill. Yes, that's what I yes, the gym. yes. Either way, let's get those Either BPMs way. going. Let's go. Hit it, M. All right, okay. Here's my synopsis of the film. Man with self-inflicted mullet wakes <clears throat> up after month-long nap and chooses violence. <laughs> <laughs> he chooses violence. Almost immediately. Oh my gosh. <laughs> as I soon as he's given the option. So bad. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's so good. It's so yeah, good. It's pretty good. Honestly, Thank I you. don't have anything to top that. <laughs> Whew. All right. Connor, do you have anything that you want to contribute there? Or uh, gonna... <laughs> yeah. Um, hmm. Scarecrow from Batman. More like. This isn't what I signed up for. <laughs> In regards to the opening scene. Uh, and what are we talking about today? We are talking about 28 Days Later. 28 Woo! Days Later. Woo! This is our first zombie. Yes, yes. it is. Movie. It is. The zombie movie to reinvigorate mm. zombie movies. And to True. reinvigorate zombies in general. They were a lot faster in this one. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Which is my least favorite zombie, but that's okay. Yeah. No, no, that's okay. They're very fast. Um, should I share a fun fact now or later? Uh, <gasps> hit it whenever. Whenever the timing feels right, just fun okay, fact um, it up. Danny Boyle and Alex Garland, hmm. they actually didn't intend this to be a zombie movie. They what? realized that people of today, even though this was made in like 2003, I think, yeah. they, they realized that zombies were based off of like fear of, you know, like nuclear attacks and 
um, what are those called? Like, like Chernobyl, like a Chernobyl-like sure. event. Yeah. They were scared of that, and so they wanted to translate it to something we were scared of nowadays, which was, like, viruses. So the <laughs> purpose behind the movie was to be, like, a contagion that was, like, hatred, like a psychological contagion, which translated to zombies. But they'll fight you to this day that it's not a zombie movie. That is so funny. Yeah, and, and, <laughs> that is oh, so man. funny. It's incredible how pertinent it is, too, in like this day and age of paranoia and the fact that we are on what a lot of people hope is the tail end of a pandemic. Oh, it's, yeah. Oh, oh it was. Gosh. It, it hit pretty hard for me on this viewing. Yeah. yeah. There, were, there were several lines in this movie that I was like, ooh, that be hitting different, though, since I can't do go outside dull. without wearing a mask. Yeah, <laughs> we're going on a year, a little over a year now. Um, I don't know. I personally don't think I would have recommended uh, for sensitive viewers to just straight up be watching a zombie movie in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah, but especially that, that this terrible. one. This one kind of gets you in the feels. And that's what I it like. I was, I was hoping for some kind of like World War Z where I was just going to watch a ragtag scraggly crew do all sorts of fun fighty action sequences and you know, <laughs> I, I was gearing up for that. I was not ready for like philosophy. Yeah. Oh yeah. But it's yeah, Danny Alex Boyle. Garland. Yeah, Alex Garland always adds in philosophy and usually like religious subtext to his scripts. Oh big time. Oh yeah. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Well let's crack into it, shall we? Alright. Let's tee it up. Why keep the folks at home waiting any longer? Yes. Take us away. Um, yeah, so we start off in a lab that is doing, like, animal experiments on monkeys. these monkeys. monkeys. Um, <laughs> um, and these animal rights activists break into the lab and they decide to free the monkeys from the cages. Little do they know, the monkeys are infected with a rage virus. Oh. That's great. That's great. These are some science. angry and sick monkeys. Yes. They, but they're, like, hopped up. They're, like, on... They, they like, give them this thing that they... Mm -hmm. They're, like, kept calm. That's why, like, they don't notice at first that yeah. they have the rage virus. Right. Um, They've been putting them through these clockwork orange experiments and stuff, <laughs> trying to figure out what the heck is going on. But they're still angry. Angry monkeys. Yeah. Um, so a little scientist comes in and he's like, oh my gosh, what are you doing? Get out of here. They're infected. And the the activists are like, we are not leaving without the monkeys, all right? Well. <laughs> uh, uh -oh. Well. Well, uh-oh. Uh-oh's right. Um, <laughs> the activists get bitten by the monkeys. The monkeys transfer the rage to them. And then we assume it will continue to spread across England. Yep, yep. Um, then we get the little 28 days later, cross the screen, and we are introduced to Killian Murphy. Yay! Woo! Which can I say, like, I knew it was Killian Murphy. Like, I didn't know how prominent a role he played, but I knew it was Killian by, like, the very delicate shape of his cheekbone. Because when you first, like, come up on him, you see, like, this much of his skull, right? And, uh, and yeah. I just and then saw you see just, like, all of him the most delicate beautiful cheekbone and i was like that seems like and like gorgeous lashes and i was like that looks like killian murphy and then yeah it zooms out yep and i see way more of killian murphy than i was ever expecting i would and all of his Just murphy glory everything iconic yep. opening <laughs> you will meet killian murphy in this film right off the bat no <laughs> questions um 
Yeah, so he wakes up in an abandoned hospital. He had just been in, like, a coma for a month. Um, and he wakes up. No one's there. There's a key stuck underneath his door. He goes out. He puts on hospital scrubs. Thank goodness. Um, I know. It's kind of, like, <laughs> it's kind of sad, but also, it's like, I would have just been thinking about it the entire time. You know? <laughs> I know. It's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, he walks out of the hospital um, to abandon London. And mm. during the following shots, um, Danny Boyle actually studied civil unrest to get mm. these shots. Um, he would look at pictures of it, and they were so realistic that this was this was recorded before 9-11 and released shortly after. Oof. It was so realistic that it got backlash for specifically a scene where you see all these missing posters. And, like, oh, little yeah. handwritten notes. It got a lot of backlash, and they just had already recorded it. They just released it after right. 9-11. And Danny Boyle just said, "I, you know, I'm sorry, but I, I did my research. Yeah. I knew what would happen. This is just the kind of thing that happens. Ooh, oh my gosh. Okay, like, I want to save that thought for later. Mm. Ugh, continue. Yeah. yeah. So a little bit of controversy early on. <laughs> right okay. off the bat. Starting yeah. off strong. <laughs> yep. Uh, Danny Boyle always starts out swinging, so... <laughs> he does. Seriously, though. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, so, Killian Murphy, his character's name is Jim. He kind of mm. wanders around the city with, like, a little plastic bag full of money that he finds running, like, <laughs> all over the street and some soda. It, it looks like a... The, the entire movie feels like a Pepsi ad, to be honest. It does. Um, oh, for sure. He He's drinking his Pepsi, puts it in his bag, and he, like, wanders into a church where he finds hundreds of bodies in there um, yeah yeah it's a, a it's a gruesome scene yes uh, less gruesome when you find out those are actually all college students that volunteered oh hey nice what there you go guys <laughs> yeah. oh my yeah, god they volunteered to be in the movie <laughs> yeah you know um, i do that i think i yeah, do in a heartbeat I, sure. yeah. yeah yeah i was like man i'd do that i'd do that for free <laughs> <laughs> for sure yeah um and then he uh, kind of stumbles backward and hits something, I think. Uh, makes a loud noise, either way. Mm. And then a couple of the corpses kind of jolt up. Yeah. Oh, that's a him. good moment. Uh, such a good <laughs> And just, he's like... Yeah, I just want to point out, like, one of the things that hit me immediately about this movie was the music. And it's just such a slow beat that ramps up and correct me if i'm wrong but it like really takes off at this moment when those corpses like shoot up mm. and i was speaking of working out i was watching this while working out and <laughs> i almost <laughs> fell off the bike that i was on <laughs> when that happened so anyways i just wanted to point that out the music in this movie is so just yes. chef's kiss yes yeah and it, it goes back to to alex garland's like religious seat like mm-hmm. themes we can talk more about that later um, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yes um yeah so then he like stumbles back he's like what the heck those dead people are awake all right um and he runs into a priest a uh, priest not just I'm- any priest this priest is looking pretty spicy yeah pretty spicy <laughs> his eyes blood red Oof. um killian my dear does not understand at first that this priest 
maybe not a person he should like confide in at the moment because like i mean he bursts out of like the confessional booth and so he's like father what's going on here and like the (laughs) the entire time he's like walking towards him like his body is like convulsing and contorting (laughs) and he's just like father what's going on (laughs) what's going on (laughs) what's going on killian my my man where are those fight or flight reflexes those have got to kick in eventually what do you do what do you do when you walk into a church (laughs) a priest comes out of a confessional booth looking seriously possessed Mm-hmm. I mean, pretty, like, how pretty, is your first response to not be like, yeah. devil, get thee gone and run away? Like, that would immediately, mm-hmm. maybe it's because I'm religious, but somebody does that to me. I'm just like, oh, oh you got something in you. And my initial thought is not going to be a virus. No and thanks. I'm running the other way. I'm not interested in being in an episode of Supernatural <laughs> here. No, yeah, no. I'm good. Right. Yeah. <laughs> And, like, the poor guy, he just woke up from a coma. And he just, like, <laughs> goes straight into oh. this zombie apocalypse survival yeah. mode. It's not it's, good. <laughs> and, like, he never gets a break in this movie either. Like, he gets, oh, no. he gets hit so many times. Like, right in the mm. head. Like, I, you know. Yeah, he I gets knocked imagine. out, like, once every six minutes, I feel. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Every other like, yeah. at least. <laughs> poor guy. Poor like, yeah. even if he, like, survived, like, there's, you know, he's just... What what quality of life is he sustaining? Exactly. Oh, I got questions. I got questions about the brain damage incurred in just in just a couple of days. Mm. Not good. Yeah. Not yeah. good. Yeah. So he uh, runs out of the church after finally getting the clue, um, and a bunch of these infected people are chasing after him. He's like crying. Mm. <laughs> just like. This is the most realistic part of the movie for me, honestly. He is crying while zombies are chasing him at full speed down the road. And some of them are actually on fire at this point. <laughs> oh, yeah. Literally, <laughs> yeah. literally on like, fire. Because it couldn't um, get any more dramatic. <laughs> I, I definitely added to the notes a link to my favorite picture of him, which is the one of him running from the zombie on fire. So, Oh, my God. It's a good <laughs> shot. I, I haven't even seen the picture, but I can visually... I know exactly what you're talking about. It's choice. Yeah, it's just my favorite My new shot, favorite. So. Oh, saving this. Good. Yeah. Um, and that's when, like, two survivors, Selena and Mark, they Mark catch up and- with him, and they save his life, and oh, they take him back... <laughs> yeah. They take him back to their little... Uh, safe spot. It's I think it's like a little bodega of some sort. It's mm. a Tesco. Like, it like a Tesco. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. It looks like well, whatever it is, it only has candy left because they're yeah. living off candy and sodas, and I oh, would die. The way the good Lord intended. <laughs> no. <I> would... <laughs> <laughs> no. 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 Good would Lord would die. intend that. <laughs> right. <laughs> Like, the quality of life these people are living with no electricity, no running water, constantly running. I simply would just mm. die. Yeah. I, I couldn't. Yeah, I give myself about nine minutes before I just call it. Yeah, Man. I'm just like, time out. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. You guys take me. Just take me. I, I don't even like running, to yeah. be honest. So I refuse. I like to call myself a hopeful person. Like, I like to think that I'm optimistic, but then I watch a zombie movie and I have to honestly ask myself, like, what would I do? And I, I don't know. I feel like I'd tap out. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know. Depending don't on know. depending on where I was and what was happening, I think I'd tap out. Well, let's let's keep diving into this zombie movie and see how much worse things could get. Because like it couldn't get that much worse, scenarios. right? Oh, uh, definitely not. Yeah. Yeah, this yeah, is I'm sure it'll be fine it from here. Right. From here, it's just cool. candy canes and rainbows. Yeah. Absolutely. That was the scariest part of the movie. Good. Good. Oh, phew. <laughs> let's keep going. Okay, so um, <clears throat> Mark and Selena, um, they kind of fill Jim in. So, like, mm-hmm. Jim is, like, you know, the audience at this point. Right. Um, he has no idea what's going on. So, yeah, lore dump. Yeah, so they, t- they explain to him that the UK has been completely infected by this hate virus. Mm. Um, most people are dead at this point. He was the first survivor that they had seen in six days. Mm. Um, this had only been over the course of 28 days when Jim had been hit by a bus or something. Yeah, he car. was a, like a delivery guy on a bike. He was right? a bicycle something carrier. Like yeah, yeah, and he was yeah. delivering a package and got hit. Yeah, and it happened to be the same day, just ironically for him, that this whole thing happened. Um, yeah, so they they explained that there's no more electricity, and the last thing they had heard on the news was that there had been some potential outbreaks in other parts of Europe and in America. Yikes. So, not looking too good for everyone right now. Not too good. Uh, but Jim, Jim doesn't really care about everyone's safety. Jim cares about <laughs> his family. That's right. <laughs> Oof. He's a family selfish. man. He's selfish. It's a running thing, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and so he he demands to be taken to his family that night, his mom mm. and dad, whom he lived with. And uh, in Selena, his, like, mid-30s. He's in his mid-30s, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Selena, she is like the level-headed voice of reason throughout this entire film. Oh my gosh, and she's my favorite. I, just, I love she's her. So good. She's so great. She's so good. She's awesome. And her biceps are amazing. Oh. Like, uh, <laughs> Naomi Harris. Oh my gosh. I'm in love with those so biceps. Good. <laughs> so good. Um, yeah, so she she's just like, okay, uh, Jim, was it Jim? <laughs> no. Your parents are dead. And he's like, my parents could not be dead. Okay, ma'am? <laughs> They could not be dead. I'm going to find them. Whether Do you know you... who I am? I'm <laughs> the main why? character. My parents I'm can't the... be dead. That would be too <laughs> yeah, formative. That never happens to a main character ever. <laughs> dead parents? An impetus for moving on? No. Impossible. Not in this economy. <laughs> yeah. So he says, absolutely, we are going to visit my parents. Um, I don't care if you come with me or not. And she's like, well, let's not be ridiculous. I will come with you. But I hate you. <laughs> but I hate you. <laughs> so they um, stay the night at the bodega type thing. And they leave in the morning to find Jim's house. And as they enter, it's it's abandoned. The entire neighborhood's abandoned. Um, so they go up to the top floor. And there they find Jim's parents dead on their bed. Mm. Yeah. This one, this one was when it got sad. This one, yeah. this moment, I think, was when I realized this was not going to be a typical zombie movie. Yeah. I don't know. It, I anyway. literally cry every time I see the note that the parents left for Jim. Uh-huh. Oh, and the buildup is I, really solid, too. It's got that kind of, like, choral hymn in the background. It feels very angelic. Oh, yeah. And then it just arrives at this, this peaceful moment that is just all too sad. 
Oof. Yes. And for those oh. who, who who will understand this reference, I mean, the, the song that is singing in the back is Abide With Me Tis Eventide, mm. which is a very sweet but also mournful kind of a hymn of just like, hey, life is really hard. God, I could use you on my side right now. <laughs> oh, I love it when a movie is like, you know, we're going to play this nice hymn while we show you how unalive these people are and how <laughs> deserted everything is. That sounds like an, a good idea. An and overdosage like, of the dead. <laughs> over Overdose on dead. <laughs> yeah, it's not great. Because the, the, what, what makes this so sad... Um, and this is, I think, something that throws uh, a zombie movies and, and reacting to zombies in stark, stark relief is content warning. Um, the parents did commit suicide. Hmm. So that was when I saw that, I was just kind of like, oh, and I almost fell off my bike again because I was like, this is this is the tone we're taking. Yeah. This is the tone we're taking with this movie. Got it. <laughs> Yeah, and the note says something along the lines of, we chose to keep leave you sleeping, and we're sleeping with you, don't wake up. Don't wake oh, up, yeah. X. Oh, man. Yeah, uh, that was, oh. That was uh, a bit so of a mic drop, thematically. I, yeah, I, like, no words are spoken. You just kind of see the shot over his shoulder, and it's devastating. I literally cried. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Oh, it was so hard. Well, and what gets me about that is that, like, they they didn't want him to wake up. They believed he was asleep in this coma, and they still wrote a note anyways, which comes back to something that mm. I'm, I'm definitely going to want to bring up at the end of the episode of just, like, the things that people do. The things people do. Mm. But we can move uh, on. We can move on. Uh, a bit of a mood shift, though. If they left that oh, note for time. him, why were they in their underwear? <laughs> uh, you got a good point. <laughs> Like, they left that All note right. addressed to Jim, but they were in their underwear, and I don't that's understand a, that's why. That's a good point. Yeah. Oh, I mean, geez. they wanted to be comfortable, maybe. I don't know. Like, <laughs> Again, the things people do. The maybe things. they just assumed that, like, ghost version of him would show up. And when you're a ghost, I don't think that the uh, articles of clothing matters as much, you know? Yeah, maybe they wanted knows. to be similar to him. <laughs> there you go. Uh, <laughs> Everyone knows that when you're a ghost, you can only see from the waist up. So that's true. That's a ghost fact for you. That's you can take back fact. to the ghost bank. So yeah, very very somber moment. Very heavy mood shift. Uh, and then I think from there, what we are kind of back on the road for a bit. No, um, not quite. Actually, right before that. Ooh yeah. Um, <laughs> they uh, decide to spend the night in the house because it's too late and they don't want to travel in the dark. Very smart of them. Yes. Um, Jim w can't sleep, so he takes a moment, like, a, just a little tender moment to, like, just reminisce about, like, his life, look at old pictures, mm. like, look at his mom's cookbook, but then he lights a candle, uh -oh. which attracts his infected neighbor to jump through the window yeah. and attack him. Yeah, there needs to be some kind of a crash course for people of just, like, hey... This is how you don't draw attention to yeah, yourself. Yeah, rule of thumb, whisper, and when it's dark, like, keep it Just dark. let it be dark. Just let it mm. be dark. Mm. It's just, you can't even do anything nice during a zombie apocalypse. Light a candle for your family. Nice it's things. out. Yeah. <laughs> out, completely out of the question, unless you are, no, like, sorry. under the sink. 
Yeah, so the neighbor comes through, and the neighbor's daughter comes through, and they kind of, like, attack. Mm. Um, and uh, Mark actually... We, we're not for sure, though, so this is interesting. We're not sure, Ooh, but yes. Mark is bleeding, and mm. Selena looks at him and murders him. Yeah. Um, and Jim Jim is freaked out. Jim Jim's, like, a, he's just a soft guy. He's a cinnamon roll. He, he is. You know. He's um, a baby ex-coma boy. Yeah, yeah, he just woke he's up. He's like bicycle messenger for heaven's yeah. sake. He's like, I did not ask for this. I did not want to witness murder today. <laughs> but she's like, um, if I, if you know, I would think that you were infected. I would do the same to you in a heartbeat. Yeah. Um. So we set that up really quick. The dynamic. She she doesn't care and you actually find out um if you research into it they never discuss it in the film but the reason that selena is the way she is is she had to kill both of her parents who were infected to protect her brother but her brother also became infected so she ended up having to kill all of her family to survive so um so so she she really person she doesn't have any cares left in this world about anyone else. Mm. No. And and I'm going to be so honest. Like, it was so refreshing to see this coming from a woman. Because I just, I, I get so upset about this sentimental whiny behavior from anyone, quite frankly. Um, where they're like, no, I can't kill you. And it's like, you literally should do oh. that, though. <laughs> Selena just went you for it. You literally need to. And Selena says this raw line where Jim is like, why, like, how did you know he was infected enough to, like, kill in the first place? And Selena's like... I just saw it in his face, I guess. (laughs) And that's not the exact line, but like, she's just like, I saw the fear in his eyes and uh, that was enough for me. Yeah. And I was like, oh, you are so hardcore. Oh, just so you know where we stand, I'd do the same for you in a hot beat. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like, oh my gosh. That's so good. That's so good. Fantastic. And that's one thing I really like about Alex Garland's writing is he writes, like, very motivated female characters, especially in horror. Mm. Like, that's one of my favorite (sighs) things about him. Yeah, we also learned during this time that you have 20 seconds to kill someone who's infected before it, like, takes over their body. It's it's a quick, like, there is no room for the good old-fashioned guy who gets bit but doesn't tell the rest of his group. It's like one and done. You're out of here, (laughs) baby. Yes. So, Jim and Selena have to keep moving because obviously that was pretty noisy and pretty gross and it will attract some more. So, uh, Jim and Selena, they see a tower. It's called Balfron Tower, I think is what it's called. Um, Mm. It's a a high-rise apartment building and they see these Christmas lights like blinking. And there's no electricity in the city, so they're like, hmm, a survivor maybe. Uh, so they, there's this, like, epic scene of them climbing the stairs in the building, getting chased by zombies, and, um, then it's nobody other than Brendan Gleeson who lets them into his apartment. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so they find in the apartment Frank, who's played by Brendan Gleeson, also known as Mad-Eye Moody, for you people, Harry Potter fans. Oh, he Um, and his huge ears are such a welcome addition (laughs) to this cast, too. I love him every time I see him. It's so good. Love this cast. (laughs) Um, Except his daughter, Hannah. I think she's the weakest link in the whole movie. (laughs) 
That's okay, my she might yeah. she might be the weakest link, but in the end, she's got some baller lines. She does. She it's really Deece. does. It's decent. Yes, I know she's an actual child, but uh, but it's a I, zombie movie, so there's no forgiveness. Yeah, I was right. like, I I like hated her <laughs> the entire time. I was like, come on, get it together, <laughs> Hannah, get it together. <laughs> come um, on. But yeah, in the end, she does. She in the end, her acting does make up. The, like the final scenes, her acting makes up for this terrible. <laughs> when she's high on on medicine, Vicodin. Yeah, oh, yeah. When she's so high good. on Vicodin. It makes up because okay. She can acts I just like say the whole, the whole time she was doing these things, it looked like somebody who like was playing a video game and didn't care what happened. <laughs> like any of yeah. the action, yeah, it was fantastic. Yeah. Anyway, I'm sure we'll, I'm sure we'll get there. But Accurate. it was, it made me very happy. That's an she like, it's like it, it almost feels like Danny Boyle at the beginning of filming this was just like, mm-hmm. I need you to act in this one scene like you're high on Vicodin, and then it's like she took that note and just ran with it the, entire <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> you know, she, I like, feel comfortable in this one spot. I think I'll do it the entire time. She's like, yeah, range who? I'm good at this one thing. There, yeah, uh, Killian has a line like, "Are you are you high <laughs> or something like that?" No, that's and my I'm like, "What's the difference, my man? What is Yeah, at the end he goes, "Are you stoned?" <laughs> <laughs> so great. <laughs> yes. Okay. So um, they they meet Frank and Hannah, his daughter. Um, and they, they kind of team up. This is also important because this is where Killian Murphy gets rid of his mullet. He has the grossest mm. mullet up until this point. Oh, it's gnarly. It's just, I yeah. could not focus on the film. It was just so gross. It was very realistic, though, you know? Um, nope. But, uh, yeah, so he, he shaves it off. But Frank shows them a pre-recorded radio broadcast um, that kind of beckons people to make their way to a military blockade a couple miles outside of Manchester. Um, and they also claim to have the the cure or the answer mm. to the virus. Yeah. Um, so they, they all decide eventually after some arguing to head to the blockade the next morning. Um, and that's when you find out that Frank used to be a taxi driver. So he has a taxi that they can ride through London with. Woo! Yeah, and that leads us to my least favorite trope ever in in zombie horror films. And that is the drive through the tunnel. <laughs> oh, every time you can smell it from a mile away, too. As soon as there's a car involved, you know there's going to be another like little... Secret tunnel through the mountain. <laughs> secret, secret tunnel. Secret, yeah, secret, it's secret. Uh, it's everywhere. Every single zombie, anything, it's there. I'm pretty sure, like, I feel like this is the one that started it, though. <laughs> yeah, no, it. This one kicked off a lot of the uh, a lot of the tropes, but yeah, the secret tunnel route, which yeah, is obviously sure a bad idea, is here and it's loud and it's proud. Gosh. Yeah, yeah. Ugh. Frank is like. It would be quicker if we did the tunnel. And everyone's like, that's a bad idea, Frank. Yeah, everyone, including the audience. (laughs) But Frank did it anyway. My favorite is that... I'm going Frank's way. (laughs) Killian is all, this is obviously a bad idea. Like, it's not just... He's like, dude, have you seen a single zombie movie? We're going to die in there. (laughs) This is obviously a bad move. Yeah. 
Yeah. And then M, walk us through what happens next. Does it oh, turn out boy. to be a bad idea? Out of curiosity. Oh, oh, well, let me tell you. Yeah. Well, it starts out okay, which was surprising for me that the tunnel was that open at the beginning. Hmm. Um, yeah. Before before long, they run into some other cars filled with some bodies. Uh oh. Uh. And Frank, instead of turning around at that point, like I thought he should, um, he ignored the other's warnings as well as my own, and he actually <laughs> ramped on top of the cars. Oh, such a bad idea, with literally 0% of any idea no, what would happen in trying that. <laughs> it's obviously bad. He just does it. He just he ramps just over the cars. It. He pops a tire and he goes, "Woo, that was fun. I'm going to send I'm going to send my 14-year-old daughter to fix the tire." And everyone's like, "What a good teaching moment for your daughter." I love it. Very love proud this. of you, Frank. Frank, what a good father. <laughs> and uh, so um that they have the 14-year-old Hannah. Uh, she starts Changing out the tire. They brought a spare, luckily, which was... Oh, I thank goodness. It was a yeah, good call. Thank, yeah. Yeah. thank goodness. Just in case uh, Frank is a freaking idiot. Pops a tire yes, running so. over cars, sure. <laughs> yeah, so they're not completely hopeless in that regard. Right. Um, but all of a sudden, they hear like a like a bunch of scampering noise. And they're like, oh my gosh, that sounds oh, wow. like, a, like a wave of rats. <laughs> and lo and behold, <laughs> and it yes. is. Right. <laughs> it yeah. is a wave of rats. It is. <laughs> Um, and, uh, yeah, Hannah has to keep changing the tire with these rats crawling all over her, and everyone's it's like, gnarly. Hmm, I wonder what they're running from, and one of them, I don't remember which one, but probably Selena. It's, it's Naomi here, yeah. It's Selena. Selena. <laughs> one of them the only like, one with oh, the, with guys, the wait, we're in a zombie movie, we gotta get out of the tunnel! <laughs> Selena remembers that, yeah. Yeah. Say that exact in. line, it's crazy. Yeah, she's like, oh no, there are zombies coming down this tunnel. <laughs> They're running from the infected, like we should also be doing. Yes. Uh, and, then, and then they wait until the last possible second and a half. Oh, it's they, not like they're waiting. They decided to let a 14-year-old no, change the tire. No, It's yeah. just like, oof. Oh they my were, lord, I'm fanning myself here. They were like, oh, well, this was a good teaching moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're driving <laughs> off in silence. Frank turns around. He's like, "So what? What did you learn today, Hannah?" <laughs> have you guys? Have you guys seen the giant Twitter discourse about Bean Dad? <laughs> yeah, I no. have. Okay. John Roderick. I, right. I actually, yeah, I'm familiar. But, <laughs> this is, but no, he's basically Bean Dad times twenty. Time. Yeah, Frank is Bean Dad. Frank is straight up Bean Dad. Um, I would love to fill you in on Bean Dad later oh, on. Please do. Yes, <laughs> I would love that. Oh yeah. Yes, so, uh, yeah, I hated that sequence. Ugh, hated that. Um, they get out, though, so that's a they little... They do. Yeah, they do. That was Hello something Kalei. I was surprised about. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, they end up going to a gas station and refilling on gas. Um, mm-hmm. That is when our boy Jim decides to go oh, into yes. the gas station slash restaurant, whatever it is. And he finds an infected child, and he mm. literally beats it to death. Oh, it's big sad. But also, uh, can I can I just say like a little bit on the nose here? It's it's one of the most like abhorrent examples of Jim. Don't go too far. And he's like, oh, 
I'm gonna do what I want, and then immediately goes too far, and immediately is forced to murder a child because he made a bad, selfish choice. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's just a little on the nose on this one. I mean, like, of course, I can't say I would have done any better in my zombie apocalypse, but I guess we'll find out eventually. Yeah. Yep. Jim. Jim is not the best <laughs> at making smart decisions. He's not and- very good at first. Yeah. Yeah, but he did pull through on this one. I, I for sure thought mm. that he was not going to do what he did. He pulled a switcheroo, yeah. That's true. Yeah. It's I, I like this scene for a couple reasons. First, you, you, see, you see two characters shift. The first one is Selena, where she says, hey, stay close. Don't go too far. And Selena, up mm. to this point, has made it very clear that she is looking out for number one, as she should, as she should. And that she's willing to kill anybody in a heartbeat, and yet, you know, she's asking this person that she just met to, hey, like, stay close. So that did not escape my notice, and I thought, huh, this is this is good character building. And then, I don't know, Jim's face, when, like, it, it almost is like he expects it, because he walks into this diner, right? And just the way that he goes, hello? Like, he <laughs> knows something is in there, and sure enough... It, he turns around and smacks the crap out of this kid. Mm. Yeah, it's and almost he's like, like he stone faced wa- about it. Yeah, it's almost like he wanted to test himself. I was uh, gonna say maybe in just a consideration of the inner monologue, maybe there was that sort of hoping something would happen. Because yeah. up until this point, everyone's been taking care of Jim. Jim has mm. been the weakest link. Oh, oh yeah. gosh, every step of the way, yeah, he's barely hanging on. And yeah. I think. I think it probably played with him a little bit. And so going in, he knew he was going to face something, probably something weak. Like, he, he knows his limits. That man knows his limits. <laughs> uh, but he he killed a, you know, a little infected child that was, like, mm. probably starving anyway. It was pretty easy. And, like, that was, like, a shift in him. Like, he, he I, I'm sure he felt more capable after that point. Oh, yeah. This almost reminds me of, like, well, once again, Luke Skywalker in the Force Cave uh, having to confront Darth <laughs> Vader. I mean, this, this I think, ties in very nicely with uh, one of the things that you were talking about last week, Connor, of isolation. Right. In isolation, we find out who we really are, and Jim didn't really get the chance to be Jim until he was isolated again. The right. first time yeah, like, he wakes up in yeah. isolation... And who he is is scared and running away. And now he is able to prove himself uh, in isolation again, like midway. Mm. So, yeah, you know, it's uh, we're not saying you should kill kids to prove yourself worthy of like being able to survive in a zombie (laughs) apocalypse. But uh, that's one way, I guess. You know, if it works for you, it works. Eh. Yeah. Again, time will tell. We will see in our own zombie apocalypse. (laughs) <laughs> no, don't say yes. that. <laughs> no. Uh, yes. So um, after after the whole gas station thing, um, they end up spending the night in this kind of pastoral utopia. Um, oh, I'm pretty sure I've been there. It looks a lot like Avebury. It's a, Oh, really? Oh. Yeah. So there's this... I've, oh, I've been to England. And oh. I, I know, wow. <laughs> um, and there is like this... There's I, I've been to a couple of different places, but this reminded me of a place I think that's around Kent, where there's just like abandoned ruins and oh, it just it's lovely. It, it's really really cool. 
because you know england likes to keep everything that they've got even if it's crumbling and, and ruinous but mm. yeah i i will go find pictures of when i was there but there were some really cool ruins somewhere around the english countryside and i'm pretty sure i've been to where they filmed hey yo. Nice. question mark anyways so yes very cool very cool Yes, so they're in this pastoral utopia, as what I've heard it um, described by some other yes. people describing mm. that scene. Um, <laughs> it is uh, bad it is. It is, yes. Um, and they they take a, take a little short rest, and they eat some <laughs> apples that they brought along from the store. Um, oh, this isn't Paradise robbed. Losty at all. No, not at all. Wink, they, wink. See some, <laughs> they see some horses running free. Um, and they decide to go to sleep, but none of them can really sleep, so they take some Vicodin. Hit those pills, baby! Yeah, baby. <laughs> some pills. Where, uh, yeah, and, uh, Jim does not react well to them, and he has these Vicodin-fueled fever dreams that he is being left behind to be infected. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, really weird stuff about sheep, also. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I don't know either. I mean, like, I kind of I kind of have a thought, but, I mean, it's one of those... Yeah, I just remembered. It's called Einsford. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> my brain. Yes, it's called Einsford, and it's in Kent. Full Anyways, circle. moving right along. I don't know. My <laughs> thought is... My thought about sheep is... This is one of the things I think that we think... Um, it's an ongoing theory that I have about zombies that I'm not the only one where zombies, the way that they behave and the way that like nature and humans interact with them is like a thinly veiled metaphor for what's happening politically. Mm. And so I think that by having these sheep in a field and they are herding themselves en masse towards unknown woods out of this fenced pasture um, I don't know. It feels like a, another one of those thinly veiled metaphors. People are sheep, I guess. And sheep are, you know, escaping out of their fences, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and not only that, yeah. they, mm-hmm. like, the sheep, they not only, like, they're moving, like, in uniform motion and they're, like, spiraling together. Yeah, it's it's wonky. It's wacky. Yeah. For sure, for sure. Lots of metaphors in that. Mm. Sheep, man. Sheep. The the Kita horror. <laughs> <laughs> if you're stuck on where to go and like just if you're not quite sure how to make your metaphor clear, just use sheep. Sheep is fine. Yeah. Sheep. If will you never can't fail grow you. your own metaphors, sheep will do. <laughs> I loved Anthony Hopkins and the Silence of the Sheep. <laughs> <laughs> This is my favorite. really good one. <laughs> <laughs> no, but for real, though. It's a well, weird dream. It's for sure a weird dream. It is. Uh, yeah. And sheep. <laughs> and weird yeah. sheep. Sheep. Them too. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So but he wakes up from that, and he, they didn't leave without him, but they pulled, like, a big whoopsie on him, and they yeah. left him lay there. They're like, oh. Oh, no. They're like, oh. you didn't want breakfast, did you, there? <laughs> Starving man. Yeah, they like almost pull like uh, you look so beautiful when you sleep. Like I didn't want to wake you up. Kind of thing. Right. You look so beautiful when you're starving to death. Didn't want to give you breakfast. Let's get this out of here. Poor I'm man. Frank. This poor man. Does he get to eat at all in this entire nope. movie? Like 
He gets Pepsi. He gets Pepsi, and that's it. Like, Jesus. His diet was entirely Pepsi in order to get the Pepsi backing on this film. I guess. I guess. Oh, Killian. Yeah. Pepsi's like, we'll fund you, but you need to make sure that at least one of your characters is severely malnourished, and the only thing keeping him going is our beloved Mm. products. It's Pepsi. Body by Pepsi. Pepsi so they- in a Coca-Cola gloss. I don't give a damn. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Bad so they're making reference. their way towards the uh, the 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 blockade, right? And yes. Oh yeah. It's this pretty cool, nice little little sh- traveling shot, and uh, eventually we have this slow pan upwards to a city on fire. Right? Is that the next big, big kind of beat we have? Yes, yes, that is, and that city mm. is Manchester. Oof. Yeah, Manchester's uh, seen better days. I than thought this it was one. Manderley. I thought we were in Rebecca now. <laughs> Not quite. Um, <laughs> so they get to Manderle- Manchester, and they uh immediately kind of realized there are there, there ain't no dang old people here at least not no alive people nope. so no. <laughs> not alive anyways frank gets the grumpy yeah which <laughs> like really you grumpy. know that's fair because uh, frank i think has been operating very much as a symbol of hope and mm. human fortitude shall we say uh of just like he put his new family in a car and he trekked them out and he got them safe even, you know, through this tunnel. And yet, for what? Nada. Yep, there, ain't, yeah, the, oh, go ahead. I was gonna say, ain't nobody there. Ain't nobody at the dang old blockade, let me tell you. Yeah, there is <laughs> nobody at the blockade. It's completely abandoned. Um, the the um, radio broadcast that they've been hearing was on repeat, and they don't even know if those pe- if those people are still alive anymore. Um, so yeah, Frank's like, oh my gosh, I hate everything, and he has like a little, you know, his little big grumpy moment. Yeah. yeah. Um, he goes off, and he sees an infected on like the top of this fence, and a bird is eating it, and he goes, oh my gosh, oh no, don't do that, bird. You're gonna get infected. This is the worst. Um, and he Bro, stands. Could you imagine infected corvids? Ew. Oh. Ew. It's worse than humans. Anyways. Yeah. So <laughs> he goes and he stands directly underneath to try to get the bird off. And he's like, "Shoot, get away! Don't get infected." Oh no! And then a single drop of blood. <laughs> yep. From the corpse falls into his eye. Right in his dangle oh, orifice. So bad. <laughs> One single drop. He's like, bird, don't you know a single drop of blood will turn you into a raging maniac, bird? And then he uh, he learns that, yeah, he, do- he does. And then he goes, no, no, seriously, watch, I'll show you. Hey, hey, bird, check it out. Come here. And it oh, falls in his eye. Gosh. This scene See, was like. So good and so bad. Like I, I have never been so angry at a character and so pleased with a writer at the same time. Right. If that makes sense. Bad yeah. ideas and good dialogue. The movie. Yep. <laughs> yes. Yes. That is that is this movie. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So immediately he's like, "Oh, I shouldn't have been big grumpy with these people. They're my family, and I only yeah. have twenty seconds to goodbye them." <laughs> So, oh, so he, he's like hunched over and he's like covering his eyes and he's like, 
hey, Hannah, I love you. You know that, right? And she's like, what the heck? <laughs> yeah, Pop, what's up? <laughs> like, Dad, that is a tonal shift. Um, <laughs> pause here a second. <laughs> Maybe um, don't let that be. A am I about shift. to have a formative experience, Papa? <laughs> am I the main character too, Dad? <laughs> Please don't make me the new protagonist, Papa. <laughs> so then he immediately proceeds to violently die. <laughs> he violently is like convulsing, and he's like, "Get away from me!" Ah. Um, and so Selena grabs Hannah and holds her back, and then she goes. Jim, he's infected. Jim, do something. Jim. And Jim's like with his baseball bat. And he's like, I'm not. What? You're going to have me? Why can't I hold back Hannah? Why, why do I have to be the why one? Don't you, why don't you be the Jim? Why can't, like, I just wait. barely killed a kid, okay? I was sort of hoping to go from like I teenager now. Today. Like, I, I was expecting okay? full grown adult at this point. It's too soon. It's too soon. Yeah. Too much too soon. So just as Jim is about to say all of those things we just said to her, uh, <laughs> Frank is shot by army boys. And they're like, don't worry, we're the army boys. And they shoot Ugh. Frank dead in front of Hannah. And it's a pretty, yeah, it's, it's pretty sad, I guess. Um, and I guess. Like, get, in, get in our truck with the army. And then they do. <laughs> and her acting is still terrible in this scene. Yeah, she it still is. looks like she's really on Viking. <laughs> she's like, Dad, what Dad, happened? Dad, are you okay? Dad, get Dad? up. <laughs> Dad, Papa? wake up. Wake up. He's like riddled with bullets at this point Daddy? on the ground. And she's like, Dad, Dad are you okay, man? <laughs> like, get up. Dad, that looks right. like so the <laughs> It's been better. It's yeah, been so better. <laughs> they all get in the army truck. And she's like, oh, man, my dad is dead. She's like, oh, no. Oh, beans. Oh, oh, oh beans. <laughs> <laughs> Just gosh dang it. Uh, not again. Uh, both my parents. Dang it. Oh, I guess so I'm a Disney sad. princess now. Jim and I are the same now. <laughs> Jim and I are no better. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's the dead parents club because Selena, too. Yeah, yeah. they're all. Now all of them Shoot. have dead parents. Dead parents. They're all club. in the in the club. Uh, and yeah. luckily, these good good army boys save their lives, and nothing Ugh. bad will happen because the army boys are here. Okay, I, no. Can I talk about this? Next? <laughs> can I talk about this for five seconds? Remember when we said we were gonna get let let M have control? Yeah. And then we had to have. A and then we also I mean, dipped our, our fingers in. Yeah. <laughs> the audacity. So. I feel like in a lot of movies, I feel like a lot of zombie movies sort of kind of turn into like army propaganda because it's like, yes, yeah. let's go. Don't worry, the, the army people. is here. Yeah, right, we're gonna we're gonna help. We're gonna save you. It's okay. Um, we're the army. And it's I I feel like we kind of you know have the same reaction to the army as like we do with Gandalf and Lord of the Rings, where we're like, surely that one entity will save us. It's okay. We're the eagles. We're it's fine. <laughs> yeah. It's gonna be okay. And this was one of those movies where, like, the army showed up, and I was like, mm, uncomforted. And I don't think it yeah. had anything to do with the fact that I'm already feeling kind of wary about the army and police right. force. I think in that general. was just your your good it's old fashioned narrative uh oh sense being like, hmm, the this spidey is senses go off, and it's like, oof. Anyways, yep. <clears throat> back to you, M. Yes, the you. army has never given me any reason to distrust it to this point. 
Oh, yeah. Never (laughs) in my life. Do not read the title I gave to this section. Okay. It's a good title, but I'm like also not at liberty to like laugh at it. But good title. Thank you. I, I really tried with these titles. I love them. It's Thank great. You. They're just for you guys. Yeah, it's Thank a treasure you. that we get to have that uh, we're not going to yeah. share with the family back uh. home. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Well, okay. We're you're, yeah. Well, they they don't need every good thing. Yeah. Some, something can be just for us. So. Exactly. <laughs> this is one of those things. Absolutely. Uh, okay, so the army takes them back to their party mansion. They um, it's a party mansion. <laughs> <laughs> and there's, there's like 10 army people left. Like soldiers, I guess, would be the word for that. Yeah. And the yeah. first notable thing yeah. is there's not a single civilian besides our, our little oh, yeah. main cast. No, these are... this. They're all army. All, every mm. one of them. And the main army... The general, even, if you would call it that. The tall army? The Yes. <laughs> the tall he, army. He's played by Christopher Eccleston. Yeah. He's one of the doctors, the bloody doctor men. Yeah, I Ow. saw this guy play Macbeth once at the RSC, and that was nice. kind of the tone that I went in with this, as I was like, mm, sir, I already know you to be one way, and he lived up to it. Yeah, nice. like, you weren't wrong by I'm watching wrong. that. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, I forget what the army guy's name is. I didn't look that one up. His it's name is Army Eccleston. Guy. Just yeah. Christopher Eccleston. So, good old Chrissy boy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he takes him in, and he's like, welcome to the party mansion. We have, our, we have, like, protection. We have guns, which are outlawed in the UK, but we're the army. That's okay so for us. So, it's fine. Yeah, it's, it's fine, but you don't get a gun because you're a civilian, and gun laws still yeah, apply. Yeah, nice haircut. Killian, uh, and then they yeah, nice, nice haircut. <laughs> um, they have you know they have everything you could ever want. They have food. They have a an infected soldier that they locked up outside to see mm. how long he would die. They have Classic. electricity. They have running water. Just everything you could ever want. They got except, Greek statues. Yeah, mm. that those are foreshadowing. Mm. Oh, uh, good. <laughs> <laughs> and the women were sobbing, sobbing, sobbing. Uh, the, that movie came to mind. I don't remember what the statues are exactly, but I remember they relate to the Trojan horse. Um. So oh, really? Yes. Keep that in mind. Mm. Keep that. Jot that down real quick. Okay. Um. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So, uh, Christopher Eccleston kind of takes Jim to the side and is like. So we have everything you could ever want, but we do not have ladies, okay? We and noticed that you do have ladies. You have two of them. And Jim goes, wait a second. One of them is 14. And the other one <laughs> I'm in love with. So what do you mean? That's not and, bloody cool, guys. Yeah. And Chrissy, he says, okay, but Jim, like... Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I love how he starts every sentence with that too. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, but um, Jim, <laughs> Jim, Jim, my guy, Jimmy, my, Jim, Jimmy, Jim, Jimmy, Jimmy, Jim, Jim, my best friend, Jim. <laughs> um, here's the dealio. Uh, we we need to multiply and replenish the entire earth, and <gasps> we're gonna. You ever heard of the Bible? Because we gotta do that yeah. stuff. <laughs> <laughs> we have the Bible. It's in the list of things you could you ever could need. Um. We have the Bible, and it says multiply and replenish the earth, and we want to do that with your two ladies. Do you want to get in on the action? And Jim says, 
No, thank you. Jim says, Jim, what is wrong with you? Jim's like, what the heck? <laughs> what um, the heck? So Jim goes, tries to free Selena and Hannah before anything can happen. And they hit Jim over the head and his poor head. Oh, it is just the craziest scene because you just cut from like, the, like admittedly the way that this is shot and acted is is awesome. Like from a from a technical standpoint, I love it. It was so great. Christopher Eccleston does a really really good job of being like a calm army general, where you're like, mm, gosh, I wish I could take comfort and trust in your stoicism, sir. But there's just something really unnerving. Um, that unnerving comes from rape. Uh, just for just 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 that's where yep. it comes from yep. so uh i wish i wish i could take comfort in that but like he he very calmly you know explains his plan and then it just cuts to jim just yelling we gotta go we gotta go <laughs> and they're like what why and then he, he like been turns a, little a corner more, like, and just tactful about the whole it's we gotta wow. go thing. Yeah, subtlety isn't Jim's thing, though. No, it's really not. But I, I gotta say, the sound in this movie is super great because you just it's go cool. from "We gotta go." Why do we gotta go? And it's like, <laughs> uh, uh, he's out. Done. You done, really, done, found, you really <laughs> have an experience watching this movie. I swear. Yeah. Anyways, yes. Um. So he wakes up in a cellar with another soldier who also refused to do the whole mm. multiply and replenish thing, yeah. and the soldier's raving about something important. Mm-hmm. He the starts talking. Yes, <laughs> the Simpsons predicted the. <laughs> that's right. That is how that starts. Uh, oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> Uh, no. Okay, so, um, the soldier starts saying that he doesn't even think that the virus is anywhere but the UK. He thinks that Mm. people around the world are still living their lives normally, and they're the only ones suffering. Now, Jim, obviously, they they have no proof. They have no communication with the outside world. They think the entire Mm. outside world is destroyed, but this is the first challenge to that that we get in the movie, that maybe this is localized. Um, so yeah, Jim and him are like down there chained up together. They're prison buddies. And I say that lightly. Jim's still kind of out of it. Concussion and whatnot. Um, (laughs) meanwhile, Selena and Hannah are made to play dress up with the soldiers. Oh, it's so grody. It's so grody. I hate this. It's just, uh, yeah, I will just only lightly touch on this. It does not Mm. need details, but pretty much the soldiers make them dress up in ball gowns. And Selena hands, like, passes to Hannah the Vicodin from earlier because she knows that she can't get Hannah out of the situation, but she wants to make it so it won't affect her psychologically. Mm-hmm. Um, so she gives, her, she gives her the drugs yeah. um, so that she, she won't even care that it's happening to her. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, which is uh, just a stellar pair of lines, right? Because Hannah goes, are you going to yeah, kill me? Are you trying to kill me? And Selena's like, no, I'm going to make it so that you don't care. And I was just mm. like, here's my heart. Oof. Why don't you just stomp on it? Yeah, it's heavy. Yeah. That, that part was just devastating for me. Because, like, they, the, the fact of the matter was they there was no way out for them. And they knew that mm. at that point. Yeah. Um. So they were just doing what they could to get out. And that was, like, a bit of realism that I really appreciated in the movie. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Very heavy, though. It's not great. Yeah, so while this is happening, Jim, <laughs> whoop, 
uh, he is taken with the other soldier to be executed in this mass grave. Um, and uh, I'm not like, I don't exactly remember the details anymore. I remember this. There was something distracting that happened and Jim manages to hide <clears throat> in the, the pile of bodies while the soldiers go looking for him. And then he scales a wall while his hands are like cuffed in front of him. Takes his shirt off also while his hands are cuffed in front of him. And it got caught on the uh, it got caught on the barbed wire. It got caught on the barbed wire. Yeah, uh, because what's funny is we see that he's just shirtless all of a sudden before we even see what happened to his shirt. We're just like, okay, well, more Nike Killian, I guess. But no, it was was because we gotta go full circle. (laughs) We do, yes. Yeah, we have to be full circle. Um Yes, yeah, so uh, he ends up running around shirtless, but Killian has a plan. Um, so his this, plan is murder. <laughs> yeah, his plan is murder. Spoiler. Um, <laughs> now this part, the way they film this part, I don't know if you guys can still see me. Oh, there I am. Okay, there you go. Uh, so um, this part's really interesting the way they filmed it um, mm. because the the entire film, the and Connor would probably know more about this than I do, but. The way they film it is, it's on like a a Canon XL1. It's very grainy. It's very amateur. Yeah. Yeah. And they did that so you feel like a survivor with them the entire time. But um, during, when you see the infected on the screen, they specifically shot it in like this slow motion kind of thing so that when you sped Mm. it up, it looks very jumpy and um, very disorienting. They start playing that whenever you see Jim on the screen after this point. Hmm. Yeah. Um, so that's how they start filming him. Um, and he does which, look very depraved and just like he he's he's halfway naked. He's covered in like his own blood and other people's blood. And, oh mm-hmm. man, it's it's nuts. So yeah, it's, it's very Lord of the Flies. Yeah. Yeah. So he um, yeah he he's depicted to look like one of the infected. It mm. becomes kind of unclear if he is infected or not at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, he ends up taking out the soldiers one by one. Um, and then he takes the good old infected soldier that they had tied up round back. Oh my gosh. Releases him. <laughs> He's just like, Go be get him, free. Tiger. Go get him. Help <laughs> it's yourself. All you, baby. Bon appetit. You got <laughs> it. Um, and he releases him just in time that Selena and Hannah are saved. Um, but not quite. Because one of the soldiers who went, who is extra horny takes uh. Selena like across the mansion, takes her into a private room's like, all right, I know there's an apocalypse, but I have needs, okay? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Did you see how I shot that zombie out there? So anyway, come with me. He's like, it was pretty hot the way I shot that zombie. I think you'll agree. You will love me. Let's go. (laughs) Okay, this is probably too edgy to put in the podcast, but, like, people with kinks would definitely survive the zombie Ah! (laughs) Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. No, I mean, you're not even halfway wrong. Yeah. Yeah. So, obviously, he's got some of that going on. Um, uh, Yes. So, he takes her, and he's like, all right, let's get happening. And then Jim comes in. He jumps from the ceiling. Oh, Um, it's so good, though. You don't want to watch Jim. (laughs) <laughs> and, like, there's a lot of gore and zombie horror throughout this, but this is the goriest scene. This is, and he jumps on top, he starts beating this soldier mm. mercilessly, and then he gouges his eyes out. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, yeah. He's in there for a while. It, yeah, it was he, different. He just, like, he just goes beyond what he needs to 
to -hmm. accomplish what he needs to. And he stands up back to Selena, and she has the soldier's gun, I believe. Um, Yeah. And she hesitates. Mm-hmm. And he turns around and he simply just says, that was longer than a heartbeat. Right. <laughs> and then they kiss. And then Hannah ah, is still high on Viking and comes in and like beats him again. She's like, get out of here. <laughs> yeah, she busts a, a like a wine bottle over the back of his head. This <laughs> scene is the only love scene I will ever accept in a zombie movie ever. <laughs> the the starting off with that was longer than a heartbeat. I, I was just, oh, I was, yes. my heart yeah. was like, it, it got retrieved from being stomped. And I was like, yay. And then they kiss and I was like, yay. And then him. <laughs> knocking him out and that's when he says the line she was like i thought you were biting her and he was like i was kissing her are you stoned and selena goes it's a long story yeah but also yeah she's stoned it's the only love scene worth having in a zombie movie i will accept nothing else this was pinnacle it was yes chef's kiss Perfect. Oh my gosh. Um, yes. Yeah, so uh, they're like, all right, let's get out of here. Let's go to the taxi. So they go near the taxi, and Christopher Eccleston is still Ugh. like freaking alive. Mm-hmm. He's Chrissy still. St- Chrissy Boy's still kicking. I don't know how. About this. Um, so Chrissy's like, bang. <laughs> yeah. He's like, hey, weren't you Scarecrow in the Batman movies? And then he shoots him. I hated, I hated that movie. I did bang. not like that movie. <laughs> And this man, Jim, who has been through so much, is now shot in, like, the stomach. And Jim's like, oh, dang it again. For a protagonist, he's pretty much dying constantly throughout this movie. He's always dying. And, yeah, and so Hannah jumps into the driver's seat of the cab. Mm -hmm. And she backs that bad boy right on to him. And she, like, puts him right directly into the path of one of the infected soldiers. Yeah. Like, like bone the chained the up one. The chained up Get one. The, the one that he left to starve. And he's mm-hmm. like, here you go. A little snack for you. Um, um, yeah. And then they, <laughs> they, they get into the taxi cab and they drive off to a hospital, I might add. Where he's put half naked onto an operating table and they perform Classic. a makeshift. <laughs> yeah. They perform <laughs> surgery on him. Um, and then it like, uh, there's like another card that says 28 days later. Um, mm. They all wake up in a little cottage by the sea. Um, and he's alive. He made it. Cottage core lives. Yes, he he survives miraculously, even though they are not licensed doctors, I assume. No, no Selena was just a him. chemist. Yeah, she was like, well, let's do some chemistry and, and see Hannah what happens. And was a stoned 14-year-old, so yeah, she's maybe like, she was the one who figured it out. She's like, nobody panic. I got this. <laughs> nobody panic, I got this, everybody. <laughs> um, yeah, so, uh, so they end up... Um, sewing over the course of the past 28 days they were sewing a big sign that said hello to put like on the coast why they didn't just put help i don't know yeah, because that would have that saved would've, them like a it would have saved so time. much time um and it yeah. wouldn't it wouldn't have said hell for a while <laughs> yeah because like pretty much until they put the last sheet it said like hell with like three l's yeah. it said forever. the whole h word are yeah. you kidding me <laughs> i don't think it's, so uh-oh the uh-oh 
Ichi triple hockey sticks is what it yeah. said. <laughs> Get out of here. Yeah. Um, they, they hear, like, the sound of, like, a helicopter, and they put the final sheet up. It mm. says hello. They stand there waving, and then there are some uh, Finnish people that are speaking over the radio saying that they found survivors. Mm-hmm. And that is the end of it the movie. It is a very uncharacteristically Ooh. triumphant ending to a zombie Yeah. Like, oh, I, I got questions about that. The joy in our main cast. I have like, answers really? about that. Oh, good. Ooh. I love answers. Tell me more. Tell me more. Well, okay. Now that we have hit the credits... I think we should hop over and take just a quick word from our sponsors, a.k.a. the good old-fashioned pee-pee break, and yeah. then we'll get into the rest of it. What do you yeah. say? Yeah. I think let's do that. We'll Please. get into right. fun facts and analysis when we come back. Goodbye forever, audience. Wait. In 2018, Danny Boyle, the director of 28 Days Later, the film we're discussing today on the podcast, commissioned a poem by Carol Ann Duffy. This poem was in memoriam of a hundred years after Armistice Day, November 11th, 1918. The poem is titled, The Wound in Time. It is the wound in time, the century's tides, chanting their bitter psalms cannot heal it. Not the war to end all wars, death's birthing place. The earth nursing its ticking metal eggs, hatching new carnage. But how could you know, brave as belief, as you boarded the boats, singing the end of God in the poisonous, shrapneled air, poetry gargling in its own blood. We sense it was love you gave your world for, the town squares silent, awaiting their cenotaphs. What happened next? War. And after that? War. And now, war. War. History might as well be water chastising this shore. For we learn nothing from your endless sacrifice. Your face is drowning in the pages of the sea. Hi. Welcome. Hello. Hello, it's everybody. So Hope you back. enjoyed the potty break as much as I did. I sure um, loved it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Let's talk thematics. Sip of water. Mm, yes, a nice crisp sip. Speaking of potty oh, breaks, themes. I thought that was a good uh, theme for this movie, was all the potty breaks they didn't take. Oh, God. Back to you, <laughs> How Em. How come you never see that? I know. Oh, boy. Except uh, the zombie one. <laughs> wow, yeah. Um, I've never thought about that. Thank you for expanding my mind. That's why I, I listen to this podcast. Yeah, right. This you, is the kind of heavy we stuff do. we touch on here <laughs> on The Good, The Rad, and The Spooky. This is the content I come for. <laughs> um, yeah, so I just wanted to talk a little bit about, uh, Vail had asked about the ending, how they landed on that. So I would love to talk to oh, you yeah. about yeah. the ending. Um, so the initial ending actually featured... Jim dying on the hospital bed. What? It was supposed to be like a full circle type thing. He started the movie in the hospital bed naked. He ended, he died in the hospital bed. And it was, it was, yeah. And so the ending was he died. And then Hannah and Selena still in their, their ball gowns, they grab hands and they walk down the hospital corridor into the unknown. And it was supposed to be like this hopeful ending where, you know, Jim had 
sacrifice, he had become one with the rage. And because of that sacrifice, he, you know, they were able to, to survive. Um, they, they used that on test audiences. The test audiences did not get hope out of that. They assumed Mm. that, um, that Hannah and Selena would die without Jim. They saw, they saw Jim. Yeah. Test audiences. Even with those cool dresses. Yeah. Even with Selena proving herself at every given second. (laughs) I'm sorry. I keep cutting you off. No, no, you're good. Um, test audiences saw Jim as like a protector for them. And Hmm. when he died, they just thought like all was lost because every character that you come in contact with that film had died up to that point. Um, so, uh, good old Alex and, uh, Danny, they went back to the drawing boards and they were like, (laughs) okay, well that didn't work. So what else can we do? And they were like, I have this great idea. What if right after Frank like gets turned, what if the army never comes? So they, uh, Instead of the army coming, they cut from the moment where Selena says, Jim, do something. He's infected. It mm. cuts straight from that moment to them inside the abandoned blockade. And um, Frank is tied up. Huh. Oh. Uh, yes. Frank is tied up and everyone's mad at Jim that he didn't kill Frank. <laughs> um, so um. they go they go looking around the base to see if anyone's there. And they do. They find one person behind a locked door like a sealed door and in it is like food and water and they knock on the door they're like let us in we're uninfected we we just need a place to survive and the guy says no you cannot come into my my place and he also smart man (laughs) he also casually mentions that he has the answer to infection in there what yeah and he's kind of a jerk and he's very cool he says that, like, he doesn't even want to know their names because he doesn't care and he doesn't want to care. Um, well, Jim, Jim's kind of, he, he doesn't like that. So Jim sure. sits outside his door all night and he's like, my name is Jim. This is my life story. And he hmm. like, sh- he like, he's like, I was born in a hospital. And he like goes from there. Uh, yes. <laughs> um, he like goes the whole way through did it. He, he tried to filibuster the survival. Yeah, he did. He really did. <laughs> um, I love that. Yeah. So eventually, um, Jim kind of wears him out and he finally, I don't think he tells Jim actually. I think he tells Selena. He tells Selena the cure. <laughs> He's like, okay, here's <laughs> oh the deal. <laughs> here's the deal. Um, you you have to take out all the blood that's in an infected person, take it out, and then you take the blood of a an uninfected person and you slip it in there and then you trade their blood and then the infected person is no longer infected and then the healthy person becomes infected. Um, so pretty oh. much what they do is they put Frank and Jim on an operating table because Jim volunteers. They trade Frank for Jim. The girls and Frank get to go into the bunker place with the mystery man. And the last shot is supposed to be Jim laying on a table restrained. He's infected. Huh. Huh. I don't know how I feel about that. Interesting. That, that's, that changes like the final third of the film. That's, that's a big chunk of the movie. That's very different. Yeah, so that was their solution huh. to fixing what the test audience thought. And then they were like, you know, 
I think it's going to be hard to convince the test audience the whole blood transfer thing. And so then they're like, well, I'm literally out of ideas. What do we do that could change what the test audience thinks? And then someone had the bright idea after forever that maybe Jim just lives. Like, simply maybe he just doesn't die. <laughs> and they're like, wow, that's a good one, I guess. <laughs> that's a hope. We've never Real done original before. <laughs> Yeah, People like, don't die every day. <laughs> they're like, we had, we were going to literally rewrite the last third of the movie, but this works. Yeah. It, like, yeah. They literally used the same shots from Jim dying. They just added like an extra scene. Like It was so easy to fix. Oh but, my gosh. <laughs> but before that, they were willing to reshoot everything. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Yeah. I love the person. I love the person who was like, uh, <laughs> what if we saved ourselves so much time and energy? And uh, I know you guys just did all this, but uh, plan C. Let's well, do I some wouldn't. plan C. I feel like it was like an AD or something, like a poor AD that's like, please, please don't. <laughs> We're done. Please let us be done. No it was more. somebody in the costumes department who's like, I... I just got the Kool-Aid off of my hands. <laughs> I don't want to put more fake blood on. You want an entire blood transfusion? What? <laughs> and it was just the heartbrokenness of somebody in production who was like, no. No. Like, please no. God, no. And Danny was like, okay, 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 okay. Fine, 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 fine. Danny and Alex are like, they're like scheming at the table. Like, what if we did this? <laughs> yeah, well. And someone was like, no. Even though Alex and Danny didn't get the ending that they had originally wanted, Alex got his last hurrah. He wrote um, a script for 28 Weeks Later, um, which is also a Mm. movie. And he also wrote a graphic novel that continues after 28 Days Later, where we find out that Jim is killed for war crimes. What? Yeah, after they're rescued, Jim is killed for war crimes. Because he killed a a kid? Because he killed a general. Oh, no. But he didn't kill the, the general. The general was a, a bad guy. Come on. Technically, the second. general, second. by trying to rape people, was committing a more egregious war crime. Yeah. yeah. General, more like dumb a role. Ha ha, yeah. <laughs> got, oh, him. got him, Connor. Yes. <laughs> you burnt. But, like, on top of that, <laughs> they weren't even near the general. They didn't have to divulge oh. that they were near the whole thing. Like, I don't know what possessed Jim to say, oh yeah, I, I murdered Jim's a Jim's like, hey, the rest of the military, I killed a general and my name is Jim. <laughs> what <laughs> the heck? My name's Jim and I murdered a guy. Yeah, <laughs> how's it going? <laughs> I don't think I like that one either. <laughs> yeah, so, they, so he just, yeah, he dies um, in, in the graphic novel. So Oof. Alice mm, Garland got Jim. his way with Jim. Poor Jim. <laughs> um, yeah, Alex and then, had his way with Jim, which meant death. <laughs> It was. Uh-oh. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, and then 28 weeks later, I've only seen like the first 10, 20 minutes of it, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has nothing to do with them. So, oh, okay. Which is why I haven't finished it yet. Because um, <laughs> where's killing? What's the point? Where's Your final you? review is a no gym out of 10. <laughs> Absolutely. Don't I bother. Was like, I was like, where's Killian? I'm only yeah. in it for him. <laughs> really, though? Yeah. Now so, that I know that, I don't know if I want to go watch it. I'll, I know, same. <laughs> apparently, it has, like, a decent rating on Letterboxd. Okay. You use okay. That. So, like, you know. Okay. It, I thought it was going to be, like, a two on Letterboxd out of five, but. But actually, it was a three out of five. It was a three out of five. <laughs> Nailed it. Oh, my pointless <laughs> joke made sense. Yes. <laughs> cool. Nice. 
Like, spot on. <laughs> Three out of five is what it is. Bingo, oh my boy, gosh. Go, baby. <laughs> yeah. Wrap that up in a bow. Yeah, so... Okay. That, yeah. So, then, um, how would you have ended this movie, then? Like, if you had been given full mm. creative control... Because I'm gonna be honest with you guys, none of those, none of these presented endings make me happy. Like, I, know. I think the only one that Same. comes close is Jim dying and Cillian and Hannah walking away. Very Cora and Asami vibes I got from that. Hmm. But yeah, um, well, it's hard because I felt like uh, I felt like him getting shot was kind of rushed at the end. Like it oh, was yeah, a, it was out it, of nowhere. It, yeah, it was like a patch-up jog, but it's almost like Alex didn't know how to end the film. Um, mm-hmm. So he was yeah. just like, what if we just shot Jim? Like, that would end it. Uh, <laughs> that would do it. Uh, if I had to pick anything, like, close to the film ending, though, uh, I would want I would want Jim to die. Like, I love Jim. Yeah. I think Jim's awesome. I think mm. it was beautiful, just the symmetry between the opening and closing of his life in a hospital. Yeah, um, but he doesn't yeah. belong in this mortal plane, and yeah. if he's ever in a story again, I'm gonna lose my mind. <laughs> yeah, like Sorry, he, that, that, those were my thoughts. Yeah, he like <laughs> I cannot like, bear to see this man. His story's <laughs> over. Like, like you know, no matter what happens next. Like, yeah, it was nice to see the happy ending, but his story mm-hmm. was over. Um, yeah. So I would have wanted him to, but I would have wanted to see Selena and Hannah survive. I would have mm, wanted to see okay. the ending that we saw with Jim. I would have wanted to see it with just the two of them. Maybe like them, just like a shot from behind with the plane coming overhead with the, their arms around each other. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Like, like you know, yeah. like they, they're, 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 they've lost a lot. Like that mm. kind of heaviness. Like they've, they've lost everyone they've cared for. They lost Jim who saved their lives, but. Yeah. Um, but in the end, they're alive. They're alive. And that was the goal, right? But like what what kind of quality of life does survival bring, you know? Sure. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Connor, what about you? Well, well me, well, I, I just feel like the pacing of this film was one of the biggest kind of standouts for me. And and this mm. was one of the first films to really, really introduce the fast zombie, the zombie that'll just bust through Oof. the window. He's not he's not going to shamble up to you and be like, oh, you know, I'm no. your neighbor. He's going to be like, I'm your neighbor, you know? So... <laughs> Um, all of that to say the pacing really led to this feeling and this sense of fragility in that, um, each and every character in this film could just be snubbed out immediately. Like we are, we are given a really nice little, um, backstory to, to Mark and to his character who's, you know, we see him in the first, what, like 12 minutes of the film, uh, and I think about as soon as we get to use, used to seeing him on screen, he's just, he's dead. He's dead though. Um, Mm. and I think it was just a very forward kind of example of how quickly things can go from being, especially in this apocalyptic setting, how things can go from being comfortable or even close to normal to just utter chaos, to, to feeling completely out of control. The, the scene in the tunnel comes to mind when they blow the tire and it's just, well, like you're stuck between a rock and a ravenous dead place, you know? Mm. Um, so, yeah, I just felt very, as an audience member, which, of course, this is always the case, but I felt a little extra out of control um, yeah. with where I wanted things to go. But, you know, as somebody uh, with expectations for horror films, yeah, it, it, it hit that. It scratched that nerve, you know? So, love that. Oh, for sure. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
It's always hard. I, I It's always hard to figure out how to end in horror. Because I feel like the ending, coming up with an ending for horror is one of the most difficult things to do to close the payout. That's something I actually really you do know? typically enjoy about these zombie flicks especially. It's because you can't give yourself expectations for the ending. Because That's of true. that fragility that I kind of mentioned. It, it's it's Everything could be gone and ruined and you could just be another one of the innumerous dead in a matter of seconds. Um, yeah. So I, I think as much as I would have liked to have seen Iron Man show up and just be like, don't worry, guys, I will save you. Um, <laughs> I also really did just like that, uh, the ambiguity to it. But also I do yeah. think the coolest one I heard was actually the kind of blood transfusion one, just because that one, uh, him yelling at a guy for like a whole evening about his life story is hilarious. I do love that bit. <laughs> That's I my favorite timeline. The apocalypse. <laughs> Well, and, and when I went to ask Sadie to prom, she said no. <laughs> she said no. You hear me? Okay. <laughs> Your whole camera did. Good. Good riddance. <laughs> okay, I'm not kidding. When I'm saying that is almost exactly what the script sounds like. Like they, they they don't have it, like a chorus. <laughs> yes. What? That Alex um Alex Garland and Danny Boyle never filmed this, but they did. They had someone cart like make a cartoon of it. And while they read the parts. Oh, brilliant. And oh I'm gosh. not kidding when I say he literally talks about going to prom with somebody. <laughs> oh, my yes. gosh. Oh, that's the what? best timeline. What? <laughs> oh, I want that My so suit jacket didn't fit. Do you know how embarrassing that was? Let me in. <laughs> oh. Where do we find this? Where do we find this comic? Oh, you in can find timeline. it, like, on YouTube. Oh, just like look okay, up, like, that's the what I'm gonna endings. go look up. Alternate yeah. ending. The alternate endings, and it's like I think Alex Garland's like reading stage directions, and Danny Boyle's reading every single part. Oh, <laughs> oh yes, I love it. That's, I love it. That's what I'm hearing. That for. sounds like a Mad Lad team to me, uh, and I want to watch it. I want to watch, it. I wanna they, watch that, that happen. happen. <laughs> they were like, "We worked so hard on this." So I, so I with these. <laughs> with these fun hypotheticals I dipped a little bit into the theme that was most prominent for me in fragility but Vale did you have any you kind of wanted to touch on before we call it a call it a, a pod oh well we got a couple more things to yeah I mean I mean yeah, yeah yeah is that M brought up something really cool that I hadn't thought about is the religious undertones Oh, right. yes. Oh, okay. I want to hear about that because as everybody knows, I'm a religion freak. And I yeah, love it. When that you are. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why, but like, even even though like I am religious and, and Christian, if we want to get, you know, particular with it, um, whenever Christian religion motifs show up in horror, I will always be endlessly fascinated by it because... It's not always from a religious angst point of view. And sometimes it can be used very beautifully. I think, you know, the Bible is very similar to Shakespeare in that these are stories that just about everyone has heard and that they have very strong motifery and uh, an evocative nature about it. So the fact that religious undertones are showing up in this zombie movie, M, tell me more. Yes. Okay. So this is something that Alex Garland is 
pretty well known for, uh, at least in my opinion. Like, every time I see one of his films that he's written, there's always something religious in it. And this is very prevalent whenever he is teamed up with Danny Boyle. Um, so, especially, okay, okay, okay. Okay, the okay, movie okay. Sunshine. I'm sorry. That movie <laughs> is all about, like, the nature of God. Um, but it's disguised. But Alex Garland does this cool thing where he disguises it as something else. So it's more like oh, you have yeah. to philosophize it yourself. Like, the nature of God is disguised as um, an apocalyptic, ecological nightmare. And in this movie, it talks a lot about, like, you will notice undertones of Adam and Eve disguised in this zombie film. Um, One of the common um, things brought up is multiply and replenish the earth. That's something that's said a couple times. Right, especially in the arc with the soldiers. Yes. Yes. So, um, multiplying, replenishing the earth as well as family in general is very important. All the characters are very motivated by their family and found family seems to be a big theme as well. Um, there's also something a little bit more on the nose. There is the scene in the pastoral utopia where they're sitting there eating an apple that could represent the forbidden fruit in the garden. Um, they're, and they're surrounded in, like, this green paradise that doesn't really fit in with the rest of the film. Um, it's so different because everything else is in the city and it's dark and it's scary. And then they're in this beautiful green field and it looks like a representation of the Garden of Eden. It's very out of place for, or for a uh, depiction of the apocalypse. Yes. Yep. Yeah. So, um... I mean, those are just a couple things that I picked up. I haven't, like, done, like, a super mm. in-depth analysis, but it was just, like, a theme that I definitely picked up amidst the other things in the movie. I I, I think I that's super rad. rad. I, think, I think, I don't know, I, don't know. I, think, I think Paradise, Paradise Lost, Lost should, should be, be in everything. everything. I don't know why. <laughs> I'm super obsessed with it. Um, I, I, I love the idea of putting Adam and Eve in this really post-apocalyptic scenario. I think mm. I think it's fascinating on two points on two points because one it's Adam and Eve are the start the restart of a human race and that's kind of where you're at and and I hate this so much I I hate the context in which you know Chrissy Boy brings it up but he says women what what does he say women mean future yeah. women mean the future um, and I hate the context so much because it almost makes me feel like uh, is all I am breeding it's to very you. dehumanizing i mean it's I am, very I'm, dehumanizing i'm a male but just as a spectator it's like oh that's that's gnarly yeah it's it, it made me it made me really uncomfortable when i wanted to be hopeful because what mm. i like about the adam and eve story is i like the family aspect of it i like the the found family aspect of it even and that's what i love so much about jim and selena is that it is found they were brought together by very unfortunate circumstances and they have decided yeah. to stick it out together they decided to pack bond right. and that's something Build very upon special a pretty about humans blank canvas with what they have right sure. Right. And and so and I think that's very tender about humans is that we will pack bond with anything. Like we will pack bond with our rumors. You know, <laughs> if we just decide something yeah. is worth our time and attention, it's ours now. And so I love that sense. I, I and I wish I wish 
we could have that in its purity, but it is so corrupted by loneliness and desolation. And I don't know, I'm a huge fan of tragedy. So that's, I mean, uh, you know, the, the partaker of art and media in me goes, oh yeah, this is awesome because it's angsty and dark and I love angsty, dark tragedies. And then like the actual me, like I have never seen a zombie movie bring that into play of just like, hey, restarting humanity. Um... And that's very, you know, Connor, you kind of jokingly said this, but you started singing Sobbing Women from Seven right. Brides and Seven Brothers. Right. Which is just about one of the worst songs in musical it's history. It's problematic. <laughs> hate that. Hate that. Um, and so, yeah, this, this super problematic context for what should be a very joyous thing mm. is... It's a special special thing, thing, I think, that that only only a zombie zombie movie can do. do. Yeah. Mm. I I just love the idea that um, Alex and Danny wanted to bring in this creationism, something that was so hopeful for all of humanity into a dark moment, into all this death. Yeah. Yeah. Which is really really funny funny because, because, so, uh, uh, fun fact for you guys, um, um, you know my favorite production of Frankenstein ever? Uh, is, uh, uh, is uh, the, the 2011, 2011 one, one at the National? The Danny Boyle directed, directed that, one. that one. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. and with and Naomi Harris, Harris as Elizabeth. Elizabeth. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that was, that fun, was fun, kind of seeing that again, again but, like, but, like, creationism, creationism is no, is no new, concept new concept to Danny. Danny. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, and, and I think, and personally, I think Danny does it really well. I think Danny understands the nuances of creationism. Whereas like a lot of people I think would, you know, be so quick to straw man into it and just be like, Oh sure. Adam and Eve paradise lost. Woohoo. Here we go. Um, in Frankenstein, you see him really pull this apart of companionship and what it means to create life. It is not to be dealt with frivolously and it is it is not to be done arrogantly as well. And so I think it's just this idea, especially of it coming from an army general, mm. there's something so insidious and poisonous about how creationism is is brought up by this by this guy. So mm. wacky there. Um, mm. But I think I think that's just the what zombie movies tend to offer the horror genre in general is that they really make us think about really ethical questions because they throw us into kind of into the state that we're in now with like COVID, right? It's like I've seen on a lot of um, theater boards, for instance, is that a lot of people have been talking about what does it mean to return to normalcy and what does it mean that we've lost so many things and shouldn't we be doing things differently? Mm. Like being thrown so deeply into this in quarantine, this pandemic has made a lot of people be like, well, wait a second. Why do we do the things that we do this way? And I think zombie movies do that. Zombie movies let us play out hypothetical scenarios. Right. Kind of serves as a bigger picture version of the Lord of the Flies, which we brought up earlier. Yeah, that's true. The, oh, gosh. Every zombie movie is an iteration of Lord of the Flies, isn't it? <laughs> Just a bit. Just a ah! bit. So, yeah. 
So with the with the ending having changed several times, I think you know it, it begs the question: What do we want from our zombie movies? Then, like, is it <laughs> is it what I thought it was going to be? Is a fun action flick where we work out aggression against the other, or are they supposed to be symbols of hope that humans can be more and overcome, or are they just grim, dark, realistic ap- apocalyptic moments? Who can say? Am, can you can you say definitively, please, here and now? Oh, you want a definitive answer on that question? Right now, those yes. are not rhetorical questions. Oh, Just okay. kidding. No, of course. <laughs> no, these are these are all good things to think about, and I think in a lot of ways, uh, the the better zombie films will provide us with all of those things to different capacities. But um, this this one certainly did raise a lot more philosophical questions than I remember. Uh, Versus the first time I rented it from Blockbuster. So, you mean the time that you didn't get to watch it? Yep. <laughs> exactly. Brilliant. I mean, is it even a good zombie movie if you don't have a lot of existentialism about it and maybe a little bit romance? Maybe the answer is no. But luckily, Twenty Eight Days Later delivers. It sure um, does. It sure does. Uh, do do we have any closing thoughts, or do we want to kind of dive into that uh, that little deep end of our closing? I have a terrible closing thought. Can Please I share it. It's kind of sad. Um, I love sad thoughts. So, well, maybe you might regret this. Gimme, gimme. So, um, as a kid, I used to be super into zombies. Like I read all the, all the Max Brooks, uh, stuff on the zombie survival. Right. Mm -hmm. And I had my plan ready to go. And I, I still, to this day, if I'm bored, I will be like, okay, zombie apocalypse, like breakout happens right now. What do you do? Mm. And sometimes I'll work myself into a panic of just like, oh gosh, I don't think there's a way out of this. I'm and then ready. like I'll just I'm not ready. visibly <laughs> tense up and whoever's next to me is like, dude, are you okay? And I'll be like, we're all gonna die. We're all gonna die. And it's not gonna be great. Uh so there's that. But no, it gets cool. worse. Um I have I will have reoccurring nightmares about Ooh. zombie apocalypse scenarios. And in every single one of these dreams, I have killed all the people that are closest to me. It is a first person. It is. I Yeah. uh Uh-huh. Yeah. It is a first person scenario. I don't watch myself kill somebody else. It's it's me. So I've killed every member of my family. Um, I knew I loved my husband when he showed up in a zombie dream. That's basically how I know how much Mm -hmm. I love you is you'll be the next (laughs) victim. So my, my latest victims were my two best friends, uh, right now. And it was probably maybe one of the most harrowing experiences because I had run into, we can cut this if it's terrible, but I had run into (laughs) a, a house with one of my best friends and I'd closed the door and the other best friend was on the other side, just like railing against it. And I can still hear them yelling, I don't want to die like this. And Aww. that's when I woke up. So I was just like, I woke up dreams. clutching my heart and was like, this is the worst. And I immediately <laughs> called both of them and was like, I love you so much. I heard you die in my dream. And they were like, dude, <laughs> yeah, you okay? <laughs> 
was like, no. <laughs> so anyways, there you go. That's my very sad take. Is, uh, it's a good sad take. If I love you, I have killed you in a zombie dream because you were infected. <laughs> not just yeah, for not fun. That. Not for fun. I want to clarify. It's because you were infected and I had to do what had to be done. So as somebody who has subconsciously lived through a hypothetical zombie apocalypse several times, uh, yes, several are there any times. any single pieces of, of advice you would provide to your loved ones who are currently alive and listening to our podcast? If someone is infected, they are no longer the person you love and you do need to kill them. That is easily rule number one. Now, M, do you have any advice for those who are still alive and or listening to our podcast? Yes. Um... Before you go into a coma, don't have a mullet. <laughs> yes. Very, very good step zero. Um, and I will say, uh, get a bathroom, buddy. That's my that's my tip. Get a bathroom. Hold hands buddy. while pottying. Just to be uh, safe. Is that like during the zombie apocalypse or is that uh It's it's now? it's kind of a day to day thing, but especially uh, during the zombie apocalypse. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> uh M, thank you so much for joining thank us today you. is there is there any projects you're working on right now any plugs you want to shill out while we have you here on the network what very cool all right Fringe, baby. All right, I'm pretty sure, considering Vale is the co-host, we'll be able to we'll be able to manage that as far as getting out the times oh, yeah. and places to all of our all of our many and numerous listeners. Hey, there's that one guy in the Philippines. There is. Oh, shout out to our Philippines guy. Come on. Or girl, I don't know. <laughs> the numbers don't tell, but I love you. Um, I love you, Philippines. Folks, you're great. thank you so much for joining us here on the Good, the Rad, and the Spooky. Uh, I just. Hope we all remember to thank people whose f- first name starts with uh, the letters E and M. Mm-hmm. And remember to stay spooky. Please do. The Good, the Rad, and the Spooky was created and written by us, Connor Wood and Vale McComb. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram for updates, new episodes, recommendations, and inordinate amounts of pictures of our podcast mascot, Spooky the Cat, at Good Rad Spooky. Please support us by liking, subscribing, and even reviewing. Intro song and ads were written and performed by Connor. Special thanks to Ned Wilcock for the logo artwork.